0: So today, we are kicking off week one, week one of discovering our purpose, what God has for us, what he has for our life, and what he has in our lives. Just a quick recap, and this is incredibly important, friends, we're just going to get some of the logistics out of the way up front, is this six-week journey is worked out in three ways. Firstly, we, every week at church... Three services on a Sunday will be going through the material for that week. So my encouragement, our encouragement is you have to come to church. If you want to get everything out of this journey, friends, you cannot miss a Sunday. Please commit for the next six weeks to be here. Whether you are the first morning, sorry, the first service crowd, the second service crowd, the evening crowd, whoever it might be, whether you're online, please would you commit to the next six weeks. The second part, friends, is that this then is worked out in our small groups called Connect Groups. And so across the city, across this area, for the next six weeks, as Outlook Church, friends, we are going to be working through this material in a booklet form. Remember those booklets. All right, so just a quick announcement on that. The booklets are arriving later today. So for, for this week's Connect Group, to you Connect Group leaders, please be on the lookout. You're going to be sent an electronic format of week one, All right and then you will hear from the office how during the course of the week we will be getting those booklets out to everybody. If you are not part of a connect group, this is incredibly important, please look to become part of a connect group for the next six weeks, all right? You'll see in the coffee shop there are two or three stations there that say I want to join. If you are not part of a connect group, please will you join a connect group for the next six weeks? And we trust that as you commit for the next six weeks, you will stick. And it will become a habit. It will become a routine in your life. And then the third way, friends, and this is as important as any of the other two, is then this is worked out in your personal quiet time as well. There are devotions that that booklet uh, gives us that we need to work out on a daily basis. Those devotions speak specifically into the area of purpose. And so, please, those three things will you commit to that for the next six weeks? Commit to coming to church every Sunday, commit to becoming part of a connect group and going to connect group every week, and then commit personally to a study journey as God takes you on a journey, and I guarantee you will transform your life for the next six weeks. Are you committed? Haybor, that was very half hearted. Are we committed? Please church, let's commit because I firmly believe that as we go through this series for the next six weeks, God's going to set up so much of what he wants to do in us and through us for the rest of this year. So in this journey, friends, we're going to cover or we're going to confront or we're going to answer a whole bunch of questions. Questions like, why was I born? Why am I here on planet earth? Is there more to life than this? What do I want to be remembered for, friends? These are all questions that strike to the heart of who we are, that strike to the heart, friends, of what God has got for us. If you have ever asked those questions, we trust that over the next six weeks, those questions in your life will be answered. We're also going to confront belief systems, friends. We're going to confront belief systems because the world out there teaches us, shows us, tries to force upon us and coerce us into believing purpose. And what we're going to find, friends, is as we always do, is that what the kingdom and what God believes our purpose is, and what the world wants to tell us is our purpose, those things are going to clash And we're going to have to work these things through, friends, and we're going to have to come up with our own revelations because it's that thing that is going to carry us. So I want to pray. But as I pray, I'm trusting two things are going to happen. I'm going to be wearing red glasses. All right. I was given these by my family for Christmas. Don't know why they gave me red glasses. They are quite weird, but they are very red prophetically this is what I'm believing and that's why I'm going to be wearing these red glasses is that our perspective is going to change friends on life I'm trusting that as we look through a different lens we are going to see something different and so I know amongst us here this morning there are those that are asking these questions and I pray that as we go through not just today's material but as we go through the next six weeks your perspective is going to change To those of us who are walking in something of God's purpose, these are 3D glasses. I'm sure you have worn these when you've gone to go watch a movie in Richards Bay or anywhere else, right? This enhances your experience, friends. I'm trusting that if you are walking in something of God's purpose for your life, that today and the rest of this journey, friends, that your understanding of that purpose is going to be enhanced. That you're going to go from seeing things 2D to seeing things 3D. That is my prayer this morning. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share this word. I pray, Lord, that you would multiply time. I pray, Father, this morning, Lord, that you would help me to share accurately, that you would help me to share concisely what it is I believe that you want to say this morning. I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth, he is the teacher, that he would come and be active this morning. It is his voice that we would hear this morning, Lord, as we journey, as we begin our journey of purpose today. Amen. Friends, as I said, we're kicking off week one of our purpose journey, and I want to make upfront three what I'm calling purpose statements. As I've been working through some of the material, as I've just been been contemplating um, this this material, I want to come up, and this is for myself, A purpose statement list and these are three of those statements that God has sort of spoken to me about statement number one purpose is not something we create it's something we discover purpose is not something we create it is something we discover friends as we partner with God's Word as we partner with his spirit we are led not by our hands but we are led by our ears because purpose is not something we create. The world out there will say you create your destiny. God says you discover your purpose. Purpose is something we discover, not something we create. Purpose statement number two, God's general purpose in my life, God's general purpose in your life will lead you to God's specific purpose for your life God's general purpose in my life will lead me to God's specific purpose for my life it's like a five way five lane highway that becomes a one lane roadway friends and we're going to chat a little bit more about that and then purpose statement number three the last one purpose will fuel passion purpose will fuel perseverance And just to keep with the P's, purpose will fuel pruning, friends. Purpose will fuel passion. The more you you begin to understand what it is that you're here on earth for, the more you become passionate about life. You go from being a generalist to being a specialist. It fuels your passion. Purpose will fuel perseverance, friends. When we begin to understand what it is that we're doing, when we begin, more importantly, to understand what God is doing, it aids us. It gives us perseverance to continue the race, Paul writes, to complete the race, to get the prize. Purpose fuels perseverance. And lastly, friends, purpose fuels pruning. Purpose fuels pruning, friends. As we begin to go from the five-lane to the one-lane roadway, friends, We are pruned, and when we are pruned, as we know the Bible says, we become more fruitful. Thank you, Godfrey. Purpose fuels pruning, friends. Indirectly, purpose brings about fruitfulness. Now, I don't know about you, but those are three things that I'm praying for in my life. So three questions that we need to answer in the next six weeks. I'm gonna give you the three questions up front and then we're gonna just read some scripture around that. Question number one, what is God's purpose for all his children? Question number two, what is God's purpose for me personally? And question number three, how do I fulfill God's purpose in my life? What is God's purpose for all his children? Well, friends, I love to go back, excuse me, I love to go back with these big questions to the beginning. To the unadulterated, what was God's purpose for man? Before sin got involved, before we got involved, before things got distorted, before things got adulterated, what was God's purpose for man? Let's go and read in Genesis 1 verse 26. God said, let us make human beings in our image. Now remember, this is after God has made the heavens and the earth. The birds and the bees, the fish and the land animals, and all those things that scurry on the earth, etc., etc. God makes man, and He's talking between the Trinity. He says, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground, they will reign. Friends, I'd like to say that we've been created on purpose for a purpose. The God that I serve, the Jesus that I believe in, friends, is not random, is not random. He does not do things through coincidence. He does not believe in luck. He is very intentional and he is very purposeful. And right up front, Heavenly Father says, we are going to make man to be like us. Now, please understand, he's not saying we're gonna make little demigods that are gonna scurry around on the earth and act like hooligans because we are God. No, that's not, a, that, but we are like God. We understand that, friends. Under the new covenant, our journey is a journey of becoming more like Christ. We are in Christ. And so right up front, God makes his intention clear. He says, man has a purpose. It's not random. It's not to fill time and space. It's not so that he could create something on the sixth day. No, to be like us. We were created for purpose. Philippians 3 verse 12, Paul understanding a little bit more about this. He says, not that I've already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect. But Paul writes this. He says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I want to say, friends, there is a that in your life. Christ Jesus did not take hold of you so that you could go to Club Med on planet Earth. As much as there is is much to enjoy in our journey with Jesus, we are called here for a purpose, friends. And there are many scriptures that point to that. What is God's purpose for me personally? Question number two. Acts 13, 36, it says about David, when he had served God's purposes in his own generation, he fell asleep. In Philippians 3, Paul writes once again, he says he finished the race, he received the prize. Paul accomplished that which God set out for him to do, as did David. Last year, friends, I had the privilege of going across to Europe a couple of times. And on one of the trips, I was in Germany and I was traveling on the Autobahn. Has anybody ever been on the Autobahn in Germany? It's both an incredibly exhilarating experience and an incredibly frightening experience, friends. Because literally, the rule is as fast as your car can drive, you're allowed to drive. And we drove a little Ford Tornio bus. And that little bus drove 170 K, we could not take it past 170 Ks an hour. You drive there friends not looking forward, you drive looking behind you because you're looking for the guy that's coming up behind you that's driving 220 Ks an hour. It's really frightening. It's we drove from the east of Germany to the west of Germany on the Autobahn. But the autobahn, friends, did not take me to my destination. The autobahn took me in a direction. For me to get to my destination, I had to get, take the off-ramp off the autobahn, which became a little three-lane road, in inverted commas, eventually became a little one-lane tar road, which eventually became a little track, because I'm involved in forestry, became a little road track into the plantation, into the bush. I wanna say this, friends, God's general will in your life will take you in a direction, but God's specific will for your life will take you to your destination. And that's why it's important, friends, for us to discover purpose. How do I fulfill God's purpose in my life? Well, John 17, verse four, it says, I brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. I brought you glory on earth by finishing what is God's will for me personally friends is those things that he has given me to do that I in Zuzo complete those things because one day when I go back to heaven I'm going to stand before the Father and I'm going to give account for my life And I'm gonna give account for what God has called me to do. And I'm gonna give account for what God has tasked me to do. And my prayer at that place and that point in time, my prayer is that I would be able to stand like Paul and say, you gave me a race, I ran my race, I completed my race, I crossed the line, I got the prize. How do we do this? We do this by completing, friends, what God has asked us to do. And so the scripture for this journey is Ephesians 2, verse 10. I'd love to read the scripture with you. If you've got your Bible, please turn there. Otherwise, look at the screen above. Ephesians 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's workmanship, God's handiwork, the NRV says, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let me read that again. Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So three quick points, friends, around this verse. Point number one, note who does the initial work. Is it me or is it God? Is it me or is it God? Because the world will tell us, friends, that you create your own destiny. Scripture tells us, friends, that we are, pot, we are clay in the potter's hands. It is God's handiwork, friends. He does the work. God spoke to Jeremiah at the beginning of Jeremiah. He says that, I know you, I set you apart, and I pointed you. When did this happen? When you were in your mother's womb. He spoke to the prophet before the prophet could even do anything. He says, I know you, I set you apart, and I pointed you. And we need to hear that this morning, friends. God knows you, God knows me. God set you and I apart, he's appointed you and I to fulfill the good works that he has prepared. We need to be doing those, friends. God does a work in us. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Church, God will work in us first before he works through us. God does a work in us. For me personally, and for my wife Nikki, God did that work or began that work, I believe, not at a point of salvation, although he was working, but we used to go to a a leadership conference called a Bloom LTT, and I can remember the exact time where I was sitting exactly in the bleachers of the the main auditorium of the University of Free State, Bloemfontein, When God spoke to Nikki and I and told us, effectively, stop stuffing around. Are you going to take me seriously? Are you going to take the call of God on your life seriously? Under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, both Nikki and I said, Yes, Lord. We came back. The very next day, we went and saw Brent and Kate. We made ourselves accountable to them, and we said, God has called us to Outlook church. He has placed a call in our lives, and we are going to look to outwork that call in our lives, in this place. God works in us, friends, so that he can then ultimately work through us. God does a work through us to do good works. Could we bring up that Ephesians 2.10 scripture quickly? I want to I ask you something here. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Question I'd like to ask you. It's a chicken and egg question. Which came first, you or the work? Look at the verse. Which came first, you or the work? Anybody care to answer? The? That God prepared in advance for you to do. So what does that tell us, friends? It tells us that the God that we serve, the God that we know that is loving and that is kind, has prepared work for us. He prepared the work before he prepared the you. A repeat of Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Every one of us, friends, has a purpose, Mark. Every one of us has a work to do. God has set it up. He has prepared it. He has equipped you. He has, he has mapped out the, roadway, the road that you're going to take. He says, I'm with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Philippians says the work that he begins is the work that he completes, friends. God will not abandon us. You have a purpose, don't disqualify yourself. Don't say I'm not capable. Don't say I'm not able. Don't say now is not the time. Because God knows all these things and has prepared all these things, friends. I felt God drop this verse into my, into my heart this morning. Is for us to walk, hope I get this right, for us to walk in the purposes of God, needs us to respond today and not one day. For us to walk in the purposes of God needs us to respond today and not, well, Lord, one day. If you hear that, I trust you will respond this morning. So let's land quickly, because I am five minutes over. Three things that we need to look out for, friends. Three, three things that could derail us. Firstly, it's not about me, it's not about myself, and it's not about I when we look to answer the question of purpose. The world will tell us it's about your future, it's about your success, it's about your comfort, it's about your plan. As we journey, friends, we'll begin to understand that we are part of a plan, but ultimately the plan is God's. It's only recently, no, let me not go there. Hurdle number two, friends, is it's not about material things. It's not about stuff. Our purpose here on earth is not about accumulating stuff. It's about relationship. The world, friends, will tell us that your net worth determines your self worth. The more stuff you have, the more worthy you will feel. Remember what I said. We're going to be confronting some real issues here. God tells us your net worth is because you're a child of mine, because I'm your father because you are in Christ Jesus. That is where we find our identity. That is where we find our net worth. It's not about stuff. If you have stuff, don't feel bad, stuff is good. But I'm saying, what is the pursuit of your heart? That's what this is addressing. And then challenge number two, three, sorry. It's not about the approval of others. More and more and more, friends, I think this is becoming the current generation's challenge. We want to live for the approval of many. When calling a spade a spade, we live for the approval of one. We live for the approval of one. Primarily, friends, we live for the approval of Jesus. We live for the approval of our Heavenly Father, And in that, we work out the relationship with one another. When we take the approval of others and put it above, supersede that, friends, we live compromised lives, friends. Paul lived for the pleasure of one. Galatians one verse ten. He said, "Am I not trying to win the approval of human beings, or of God, or am I trying to please people? If I were trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ." Won't you stand, please?